Okay, we're going to get started. Uh, I got the questions for our Bible study tonight, and, and you'd think that we had, we had coordinated this class and sermon and class tonight, uh, but we did not do that. It just kind of worked out that way. So uh, so you're going to get a kind of a double, triple dose, I think. I don't know exactly what he's going to talk about from what the questions look like for tonight. It looks like it's going to be right in line with what we, what we're going to talk about this morning. So, so we're going to be in Second Timothy, chapter one. If you want to get turned over there, uh, first up, man, we had a great time yesterday. I didn't stay real long, but uh, uh, but we had what Paul 40, 50. Probably, oh, we've all struggled. I know we're struggling. We've got things we're struggling with on a regular basis. I understand that. Okay, I know some of the things you're struggling with, you know, and it and and it and it grieves me when you struggle with that stuff. You know, it grieves me because I know there's nothing I can do for some of it. I can't fix the stuff. You know, so, you know, but I know that all I can do is point you to God because I know He can fix it because He can make it make sense down the road. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about perseverance and patience and, and, and there, I had another one. I'm not going to go to that one. But there was another one in Second Corinthians that it says that we're achieving eternal glory through the suffering. He, you know, God wants us to be with Him. Okay, you understand? He wants to be with Him. He knows that as human beings, we have to grow and we have to mature to a point where, where, where eternal glory and eternal salvation means something to us. And it doesn't mean anything if we haven't, if we haven't earned. If we not, earned is not a good word. If, if we haven't come through the trials, it's when it means something to us. Okay? And that's what God's looking for, I think. That's what parent. I, I, want, I want my kids to know they can achieve something. I wanted they, them to know that. And sometimes you had to put them out there and let them do something and fail at it. Because they needed to know that they could achieve this stuff. And they could grow up. And it's going to be okay. And it's not going to be the end of the world because this happened or that happened. Okay? All right. Let's move on. Verse 9. We're going to read verse 9, 10, and 11. And then i got another question for you. What is it? Chap uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, 10, and 11. It says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel I appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him until that day. Now there's a lot there, but I wanted to read all of it because I wanted to ask you this question. Are you convinced? Are you absolutely 150% convinced? That God has saved you, and that He has called you to a holy life. I want. I don't. Don't shake your head at me. I want you to honestly look at th think. I am absolutely one hundred percent convinced. If I died right now, going home, I'm going to heaven. Because I know people that call themselves Christian are going to worship that building over here. Will tell me straight to my face, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, and that's sad to me. Because, because many of them that say that think they have to earn it. They have to get do enough to get there. That's not what this text says. This text says you can't do enough. You didn't do anything. It said, you know, there, there's a there's a, pot, a part right there where it says, look at verse 9. It says, because of his own purpose and grace, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. I want to ask you something. At what point did God plan to save you? At what point did God plan the salvation of the world? At what point did he plan that? Before the beginning. Before the beginning of time. 
Before they said in Hebrews chapter 4, it says God rested on the seventh day and everything he needed to do was done. Everything. All of it was done. Here in his mind. Not in your mind, but in his mind. Everything was done. What he when he when he met when he met with Adam and Eve outside the garden, did he did he did he tell them, hey, this is already planned? Did he tell them that? Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. You know what it says? Says your seed, you know, he'd already he'd already planted. It was already done. It already was done. This says it was already done. You couple it with that verse, and what did he say? It was already done. He said the seed of woman is going to crush the head of the seed of the serpent. That's what he said. It's called another promise. We've talked about it numerous times. Genesis chapter three and verse fifteen. The promise of a coming Messiah, of a coming Savior through the seed of the woman is going to come. That's what he's talking about here. What about to Abraham? What about to Abraham? God came along later. What about him? What, did 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 God did God say to Abraham, you know, hey, I'm you know everything's gonna be okay. I got this. I'll I'll figure out something down the road. I'll I'll figure out how to do this. Something down. The road. Is that what he said? What did he say? You know what he said? Huh? Yep. You know when 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 Abraham said, I got a plan. Since we can't have no kids, since we have no kids, we'll how about we do it through this guy? God said, no, no. We're not doing it through that guy. I already got this. I got this figured out already. I already planned it. It's already done. It's going to come through through your son. I'm 100 years old. You're kidding. You know, I looked at them kids yesterday. I'm 72. The thought of having one of them as my own scares the cheaper out. It's terrifying. I don't want one of them for my own for nothing, for no amount of money. You couldn't pay me enough. To take one of those by arm. You know, just, just, that's just me talking, okay? At a hundred, he's gonna have another child. He's got, you know. The the point here is he tells Abraham, what does he tell him when he calls him? What does he tell him, guys? You remember? He said, I'm gonna take you to a land floor of milk and honey, and through your seed, what? What? All nations. How many nations? All nations. That means everybody's gonna be blessed through you. Okay? I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 3. Look at Galatians chapter 3. Now, when you look at what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 1 about Jesus coming, that's the gospel, guys. That's what he said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of the truth. I'm going to tell it because it's the truth. It's what God's plan was from the very from the beginning of time. Before time began, it was God's plan. Now I know that's a lot hard to wrap your mind around because we think that you know we we've kind of we've taught me maybe that or we've had the idea that we have to work our way into this. Nah, it's not what it says. Okay, it doesn't say that. You know, it says it says that He has came to save us and call us to a godly life. He called us to the gospel and called us to a godly life. Okay, but here in, Je in Genesis, I mean Galatians chapter three, we're talking talking about Abraham. Okay, if you look at verse seven, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you, so that those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So what did he say? He, they, he foresaw before. What did, what did he already promise? He had already promised it to Adam and Eve. It says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that it was planned before the beginning of time. 
So this whole this whole thing, Jesus on the cross, planting the tree that's going to get everyone to use it, you, me, the church, it's already planned. Okay? It was already planned, guys. I get to be a part of that. How in the world can you be ashamed of that? How in the world can you stand in front of somebody and stammer and stutter and be ashamed of what God has promised us? That's what he's telling Timothy. Don't be ashamed of this. You understand? That God had this plan from the beginning, and here I am. And if you look at the end of this chapter, we're not going to. It says, and if we've been baptized in Christ, we've clothed ourselves with Christ, we're all one in Christ, and we're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The promise that he gave to him that was planned before the foundation of the before it ever began. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Don't you think? That I get to be a part of that? That we get to be a part of that? I get to worship that God this morning. I get to sing and, and, and pray and you know, just do all listen to, to his word. I get to do all of that this morning. And I get to do that with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And to honor him because of what he's done. Now, look back at Second Timothy. And we talked about talked about how that it was that it was so well when he says he says uh verse nine, he says he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Now, and he said, but it's been revealed through the appearance of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to life. I want to take you to one more text. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter one. What it says. Look at verse ten. Concerning this salvation, that's what we're talking about here. Okay, it's talking about in Second Peter, Second Timothy. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you. That he just talked about that. He's called you this grace. Remember, he said that over there. He said they talked about this grace. He said concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you. Searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the scripture of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. The Old Testament scriptures the prophets spoke about and that they that they recorded for us are peppered everywhere with this guy and with the coming grace. And it says, it said that it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look at these things. You understand what you've got? You know, and if it's something you're watching online and it's something you don't have, you need to call us. Because we can help you find this. We can help you understand what this is about. This salvation that we take for granted, that it's kind of a just a flippant thing that we do sometimes here and there, but we don't even give it a second thought on Thursday or Friday. You know, we only give it a thought on Sunday. How dare us do that? How dare us do that? Because it says these guys, they long to understand. They wanted to know what you have. They wanted to know what was coming down the road. It says they searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the times and the circumstances to which the, the, the Holy Spirit was pointing them to. They didn't understand any of it. They were right. Can you imagine this guy? Can you imagine Joel writing chapter 2? not knowing that one day Peter's going to get up in front of a bunch of people after the Messiah has gone back to heaven and quote that text? He didn't understand any of that. That's what they said. They didn't know what this was about. They knew what was coming, 
but they didn't know the times and certain they didn't know how it all fit together and we get to be a part of that we get to live it and it says at the end that even angels long to look at these things you've got something even angels can don't understand that's amazing to me that ought, that ought to motivate you that ought to motivate us to a, to a greater don't you think now look at second Timothy again what does he say he said he said the grace was given but uh where is it Oh, verse 4. He saved us and called us to a holy life. You know, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, we're saved by grace through faith. Grace is God's part. Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. That's what it is. That's, that's it in a nutshell. God gives us salvation. He makes it available to us. He makes salvation possible for us. We don't deserve that. How many of you feel like you deserve to be saved? Pretty arrogant of us to raise our hand and say yes, right? That'd be pretty arrogant. But he says we have that as a gift. It's a gift that we get to do that. You know, Charlie's going to do a communion talk this morning, and he's going to talk about. Well, I don't have any, but he's going to talk about the, the the death and burial and resurrection. That's what it's about. He's going to he's going to he's going to say the things that he's prepared to help us to motivate us into a mindset of remembering what Jesus did, something the prophets didn't understand, and something the angels longed to understand. I don't know. I, my question would be for you is, then how do I live this holy life? If it's so important that God's called us to this holy life, then what should I be doing? What do you think? What have you done in your life to promote a holy life in your life? What have you done? Tell me what you've done. Tell me. What have you done? What, crickets? Are you kidding me? Read his word. Read, read his word. I spend time reading. Amen. You listen to godly music. Somebody else. Linda? Okay. Prayer. Prayer. Got prayer. Got be around good people. Huh? Put myself around good people. Put yourself around good people. You know what I did? Quit doing the things that weren't holy. <laughs> I quit doing them. I'm still trying to quit some of them. You know, I needed good people around me. So he could tell me, hey, that's not good. You don't need to be doing that. You know, I'm, I remember going, you know, I first became a Christian, just became a Christian, and Dwayne Wheeler, I go with Dwayne Wheeler, and we're going bow hunting. I'd never been bow hunting with the group. He gave me my first bow. I shot a, I shot the first deer I shot at. I, I killed it. You know, I thought, wow, this is awesome, man. <laughs> and I went I went with Ben Kale and John and, a, and a, I forget his, uh, I forget the other guy's name. They, they, he was a Christian at Van, Texas. And I was amazed. I was amazed that I could go and have a good time for four days and not drink once. Not one time. I didn't smoke a joint. I didn't sniff any coke. Nothing for one, for that hope. And I'm going, this is amazing. This is amazing. You know, I said, I'm never going to do that stuff again because this is too much fun. Because that took away the fun. This is too much fun. And I've taken that mindset from then on. I'm not going to do that anymore. Because I know that that was contrary to what God wanted me to do. So I think that for me, that just for me, and I, I agree with all of you, getting the word, prayer, get around good people. But I think the first thing I had to do was I had to stop doing the things of God. And just because I was baptized didn't stop it. I had to stop it. I had to say, I'm no longer doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm done doing this. You know, I mean, some of the some of the idiocy that I was a part of, you know, was, was life-threatening, spiritually and physically. 
And I said, I can't do this anymore. So I had to quit. So my charge to you, quit doing the things that you shouldn't be doing. Quit doing the things that are unholy. God's called you to a holy life, then stop. Stop. Stop doing those things. Yeah, Larry? Elroy's standing one time, told us that we were doing something, I don't know, playing games with a bunch of Christians mm -hmm. together, playing games and doing that. He said, I didn't know you could have this much so fun. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that same thought. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, Elroy's, you know, man had a past like I did, you know, and so he and I kind of connected on that because we had some similar kind of mindsets. That, and, and, you know, it just, when you look at this and say, okay, what is it, what is it that's not holy? Now you're going to get in the Word and let God tell you what you shouldn't be doing. Now you're going to get in prayer and say, okay, God, now I'm going to have the strength. Now you got to be around good people so they can tell you, oh, by the way, you read this. Remember what you read over here? This said this, this, and this. You shouldn't be doing this anymore. And put people around you that that you can feel comfortable enough with that are gonna you're gonna allow them to tell you that stuff. Because not everybody could tell me that. Not everybody could get in my grill and say, you know, you need to stop. I'm gonna say you need to back off. I had a guy that came up and hugged me right after I became a Christian, and I said, dude, you need to back off. <laughs> I didn't know. You know, I thought. What is wrong with this guy? You know, I won't tell you who he is because you know him. But, you know. but yeah, I'm going, you know, no, man. That, I, I, that guy was not ever going to be able to get in my face and say, you need to stop. Okay? But there were other people that I allowed to do that, that I, that, that I grew up, uh, and they were, and they were uh, uh, I was comfortable enough with them to let them do that. So find somebody that you can say, hey, I've done this, and I need to stop, and I need your help. You know that that uh, you know we we have been a part of that. We've gone to men's retreat where, where guys have said, "Hey, I need to stop doing this, and I need you to I need you to to remember me and to pray about me because I'm struggling to do this stuff, and I need to stop doing this." And hold you accountable. And then hold you accountable. You know, and and you know so. But you know the the point here is he says he said I've been saved by the blood of the Son. I have been called to this, and I've been called to a holy life. And he said. He says in verse in verse uh, uh, ten, but it has been now been revealed through the appearance of our Lord and Savior Jesus, who destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I want to take you to another text. Look at John chapter eleven. Now, remember what he said? He said, this is not from you. You didn't do anything. All right, you didn't do it. God did this. He did it, started beforehand and put it in place, put his son on the cross, raised him out of the tomb, ascended him into heaven, and put salvation in the process. Put salvation there. Okay? Now, look at what he says in this text. This is where, where Jesus uh, is, going to, uh, is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. All right, this is where he's comforting his two sisters. Lazarus is dead. It's his good friend. He didn't come purposely to get to this point. And in chapter chapter 11, verse 24, Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus is trying to confront, console him and say, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I got this. But she's struggling with what? I can't get the picture of my dead brother out of my mind. And he's dead. He's not going to be alive anymore. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm overwhelmed with grief. Overwhelmed. And he said, 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And my question to you is, do you believe that? Do you believe that even though you die, you will not die? That you will live? You know, I mean, if 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 I'm if if my time on earth is short and I'm gonna I'm gonna be called home, man, I didn't cry for Roy. I mean, I cried for his family, but I'm not crying for Roy. I mean, he went home, man. That's what he was living for. He was living to go home. So I'm not gonna cry for him. You know, was it was it overwhelming? Yeah, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming for for a lot of people. But I'm not gonna cry for him because man, he he got you know it it just. When you look at this and know that that Jesus came and made, gave us an answer for death and for spiritual death, I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to worry about going to being punished forever. I don't have to worry about that. All I have to do is believe in Him. So what does that mean? What's it going to mean for me to believe in Him? What does that mean? I'm, I'm going to strive to to live that holy life. I'm going to strive. To obey him, I'm gonna strive to be connected to him every day. I'm gonna put people in my life and read his book. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray to him. I'm gonna talk to them, and I'm gonna put people in my life that will hold me accountable. And I'm going to make sure that I'm doing everything I can do from my part. What I'm gonna do now is gonna be easy? No, nope. no, it's not gonna be easy. Not easy. But you know what? It's a whole lot easier together than it is apart. A whole lot easier together than it is apart. And if that if you're struggling with something and you and you need, you know, you under you're understanding, hey, God wants me is allowing me to suffer. What for? What why 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 why? Maybe you need somebody in life to help you explain the why. You know? Maybe you need maybe you need to get, you know, like Amy was talking, get maybe you need to, to eliminate some of the nonsense and, and channel it to something good and wholesome in your life. Maybe that's what you need to do. I don't know. I have no idea. But I know that what I have, angels long to have. They long to look at what I have. I ain't losing it. I'm not going to lose it. I don't want, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I stay where I need to stay. Stay focused. And I'm going to need your help to do that. Okay? We're going at, at, to look at this just a little bit more. There's a couple more things I want to talk about here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at this and, and you understand, you know, <clears throat> Paul, John writes in in 1 John chapter 5, he says, I write these things to you that you may be sure, that you may absolutely believe that you have eternal life. Okay? It is, it is possible for you to be absolutely 100% convinced. It is. And if you're not absolutely 100% convinced, then maybe you need to get the book. And maybe you need to find those texts that will help convince you. Okay? Because he said, you can be absolutely convinced. That's what he said. He said that you might know that you have eternal life. You have to guess. So when I'd ask you a question, and you said, I ain't saying nothing. Because deep inside, you're not sure. You know, and I don't want you to have to raise your hand, but I know, because I saw the looks on your faces, and I know there's some people in here that they're not absolutely 100% convinced. I haven't done enough. God's not big enough. And I really don't like him very much right now anyway. And all of those things you're looking at and saying, if I die today, I'm not going to go home because of it. Okay? Maybe you need maybe you need to have some clarity of thought. Maybe you have some clarity of direction. You know, and get somebody in your life to help you do that. Okay? We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks.
I didn't, even, I didn't even see him. I didn't even see him walk out. I didn't see him go. Are you pretty sure that it's a horse Are y'all going? You don't get it? Huh? Oh, I'm not like there's a little bit. I didn't try to do it. I'm not like there's a little bit. 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 I'm not like there's